Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. It's important to establish that culture of winning, the importance of winning, and doing things the right way. So for us, it's just to keep building upon that. Throws it. There he is. Watkins, and it's a big man touchdown in Miami. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're Dolphins fans, assemble! <laughs> you know, Riley, as cheesy as that is, I'll tell you what. This is an exciting show, and I'm pumped. So I'm. Go for it. I love it. Go for it. <laughs> I'm Keep committed going. to the bit at this point. It's happening from here on out. Every Fins Up Friday, I'm quoting some Anchorman because I am ready to roll and talk with Miami Dolphins fans. Welcome, everyone, to our second ever Fins Up Friday here on Fin It to Win It. As always, we're brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and Bet Online. I'm Riley. He's Mason. Make sure you follow, interact with the show on social media at Fin It to Win It. Odds are, if you're listening to this podcast, this episode, you probably follow us because today is the day Dolphins fans have been waiting for. This will be a day, Mason, that will go down in Miami Dolphins history as the day we give out our inaugural Tua jersey giveaway here at Fin It to Win It. I am pumped. Riley, it's been fantastic not only promoting this giveaway but just seeing the responses back from it, the four promotions we put up on Twitter, we had about 1,700 retweets between them. That is fantastic. That not only shows you how loyal Dolphin fans are, but it shows you how much they want this Tua jersey. Can you blame them? No, I did not think that when we started this promotion, it would take off like it did. Now, I get it. The Tua jersey is the number one and number two selling jersey in the NFL, but at the same time, I did not know just starting this show, what to really expect. We've only been doing this for under just under two months. So the fan engagement has been absolutely off the charts. You guys have been so awesome supporting the show, giving your feedback in another way. We've talked about this, Mason, since day one, when we started this show, we want to get the fans voices involved in Fin It to Win It. And tonight, We are literally getting the fans' voices involved in the show. Yes, Riley. We are taking calls tonight. That it it is fantastic to do that. Last week on our first Fins Up Friday, we read the questions back and forth, and that wasn't terrible. But to actually hear the voices of the fans all over the world responding, asking us questions, and there were some pretty damn good questions too. We really enjoyed hearing those as people called in. And it's going to be hard to get to all of them tonight. If we can't get to all of them tonight, obviously next Fins Up Friday, which could be next Friday. We'll see. We'll get to more of them. You're not over-exaggerating by much by saying all over the world. I mean, we got calls from Canada, Phoenix, New York, all over the United States. In fact, we only got a couple from Florida, which was mind-boggling to me. But it just it's really cool because it shows just how many Dolphins fans are out there 
throughout the entire country. Uh, we got some calls from Canada, even England. But yeah, if we don't get to your call tonight, don't worry because we are going to archive it and we will play it on a future episode of Fin It to Win It. So we're going to try to get to as many as we can. If you're interested in calling the show and leaving a voicemail, call 804-905-8226 to leave a message for Fin It to Win It and we will address it here live on the show. So Let's go ahead and get right into these calls, and then at the end, Mason will announce the winner of our Tua jersey giveaway. I want to start out from Dave in Florida. He is going to kick us off with our first ever fan call. Let's go ahead and hear what Dave has to say. Hey, guys. Dave Smith here. I'm from Groveland, Florida, and I just wanted to throw out a a thought to you. I know that this is probably one of those pipe dreams high in the sky, but I wanted to know your thoughts about a potential trade. I know the Dolphins have a, a great secondary, but what do you think about uh, going to the Jets with uh, a Xavier Howard and maybe a, a fourth-round pick for Jamal Adams? And then uh, if you can execute that trade and get Jamal signed long-term, maybe then trying to bring in uh, Logan Ryan, uh, strengthen your, your, your defensive backfield. Like I said, I know that's probably one that won't happen. I was just thinking about this today, and how that could remake the, the secondary even, I think, a little higher. As much as we love Xavier, he is injury-prone, you know, at least has been, and uh, maybe trading him before he has another year where he might hurt himself uh, might make sense. And if he would be a chip that would help the, the Jets to make a trade with the uh, the hated Dolphins, maybe that's a possibility. But uh, like you said, I know it's probably not a thought, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Thank you so much for the call, Dave. There's a lot to unpack there, Mason. Uh, First off, the likelihood of this happening is slim to none. I think we all know this, but, you know, theoretically speaking, would it make sense? Uh, Jamal Adams did not have the Dolphins on his reported list that he supplied the Jets. Not that that should really mean anything to the Jets. Like, should they really even care about that at this point? Uh, If Jamal Adams is just kind of bailing on the team, why should they care where they trade him? But... Yeah, he brings up some good points, Mason, with Xavier Howard and his injury history. We talked about it when we were talking about the secondary a few episodes ago, just how concerning it is. And I think it's a legit concern. Xavier Howard's knees, we know he missed most of last year with knee injuries, but he also missed some time uh, the previous couple of years as well. So if you combine that with his high contract, is it a time to move on from Xavier Howard before this season and try to make a trade for a Pro Bowl caliber player in Jamal Adams? I don't think the idea is crazy at all. The Executing the trade and actually doing it is the more crazy part to me, just because of the fact you don't see a lot of trades, especially with high-profile players within divisions, especially yeah. hated rivals like the Jets and the Dolphins. And to add another element to it, with Adam Gase being in New York, you know, that adds another layer to this. You don't trade. think he's going to want to work with us, Mason? <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know about that, but I don't know if Xavier Howard would want to play for Adam Gase. And it, that just adds even more to it the way, with the way Adam Gase left Miami and how some of the players, you know, they, they weren't really super sad to see him go, many of them. But, you know, this trade is interesting because Jamal Adams is a very, very good safety. He's one of the best in the league, pro football focus, rated him as that. He's a fantastic Blitzer as a safety, a really good tackler. I mean, safety is one of our biggest concerns on this defensive side of the ball. We said it when we were talking about going over the safety position when we did our positional breakdown last week. Eric Rowe definitely adds something to the safety position, but 
We know how I feel about Bobby McCain. I like him as a nickel defensive back, but do I like him as a safety? No, I do not. I feel like he is undersized for that position and he will not last that long in that spot. So the Dolphins are very thin at that position. Now, are they thin at DB? Well, they just signed Byron Jones, top 10 DB in the league. Now to put Byron Jones and a healthy Xavier Howard across the field from each other is pretty tasty. But I like it how Dave mentioned, if the Dolphins did make this trade, they would obviously have to try to add something else to their defensive backs. If you told me up front, the Dolphins could add somebody like Logan Ryan, or they could possibly add a third team in this trade somehow, I would be more on board with it. But Howard for Adams and a draft pick giving up, it's interesting. It definitely definitely makes you raise your eyebrows. Well, there's a few places where this falls apart. Obviously, the part you just talked about, trading within the division, dealing with Adam Gase, I think right there is where the door is already shut. But even if you go past that, like, in his scenario, they pick up Logan Ryan, you know, a great player, but he's going to command seven to ten million yeah. dollars. Dolphins a year. don't have that money. They don't have the money, especially with all the COVID stuff. We don't know how the salary cap is going to fluctuate. And reports are that Jamal Adams is asked he's asking for like seventeen to twenty million dollars sure. per yeah. season. So even if they brought Jamal Adams in and tried to negotiate a contract with him to keep him long term. They might be able to bring him in, but they definitely wouldn't be able to add another piece like a Logan Ryan. So I love the question. I love the, you know, going through the scenario, but I think we all know that it's just not that likely. So let's go ahead and move on. Our next call is Brad in Canada. Let's go ahead and see what Brad has to say. What's up, boys? Uh, Brad Stewart calling all the way from uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia in Canada. Been listening to the show. Um, this whole offseason. Yeah, you guys are doing a great job. I like the way that you guys are approaching it uh, from fantasy perspective, from real kind of football college on the way up, telling good stories and stuff. Anyway, um, I did have a question. I put it on Twitter too, and I'll say it here too. Uh, for this season to be looked at as a positive season, what do we want to or need to see happen? Um, is it like 8-8, eight 9-7, eight, playoffs, uh, Tua? Uh, what's the minimum? Uh, that we want to see so that we can finally feel like we have taken a step in the right direction. Uh, yeah, boys, feel free to throw that uh, to a jersey my way, too. All right, cheers, boys. I <laughs> uh, can't wait to hear the show. I like it. That's awesome. Call from Canada, Riley. We mentioned earlier, yep. calls from all over the place. That's great. And that's a really interesting question, too. I love it. It's a great I question. think everybody will have a different answer to this. Now, some people might agree on some, certain things, but you could go a million different directions with this. You could go the record. You could go with two of plays, like Brad mentioned. You could talk about the offensive line getting better. You could talk about other positional groups. It, it, it is a very, very interesting question. If I try to take a step back, what do I want to see from the Dolphins this year? For me, Mason, I'm not as focused on the record. I want to see an increase in wins for sure. But let's say the team goes seven and nine, but you know, the second half of the season, we see the offensive line start to come together. These young pieces, these draft picks start to play more and more um, on a game by game basis and really become major contributors to the team. Obviously, if Tua gets in in the second half of the season and we see that the future is bright with him, those are kind of the things that I look for more. How are they playing on the field more than the results? Because we talked about it earlier, how the schedule breaks down. You know, the first part of the season is pretty brutal. That stretch in October where you're playing a lot of those NFC West teams, 49ers, Seahawks, uh, it, it's, it's a rough stretch. So we'll see how the Dolphins do there. But 
for me, it's seeing how these young pieces go together. We'll talk about this in a little bit. Someone asks about the draft, but this draft class, Mason, I'm not trying to be over dramatic here. This might be the biggest draft class for the Miami Dolphins ever, at least the last couple decades, because there is so much on the line with everything that they traded away to accrue these draft picks and bring these players in. They need guys like Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt. They need these guys to work out if they want to take that next step in the rebuilding process. So to me, it's how the young guys step up, how the pieces kind of come together, you know, with free agent acquisitions and whatnot. So that's to me what I'm kind of looking for more than the necessarily wins or losses. My answer to his question is kind of similar, Riley, but I'm going to answer this question with a question. What was the Dolphins priority this off season? Now I know they had several different priorities, but for me, their priority the was the trenches. Exactly. For this season to be successful, it's really going to depend on did the Dolphins address their weaknesses in the offseason successfully? Well, one of their major weaknesses was their offensive line. The offensive line to me is going to be a very interesting position to watch as the season goes because we are going to most likely feature two rookies in the starting offensive line for the majority of the season and possibly for opening day week one against New England. So for me, to be a successful season, we have to grow in the trenches. We have to grow on each side of the ball, and we have to win the line of scrimmage. If the Dolphins can do that on the offensive side of the ball, limit the QB pressures, limit the sacks, we know we're going in the right direction in that regard. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, Miami brought in some good edge rushers in Shaq Lawson, Agba. They drafted Curtis Weaver, who we're both high on. And also they brought in a very versatile guy in Kyle Van Noy, who's a very solid edge rusher as well. So they're bringing in these guys to help create more pressure on the quarterback. I'm going to be looking at both sides of the ball very closely this season as it progresses. And to me, I don't really look at the records. Yes, if they win 10 games, oh my Lord, it was a huge successful season. If they win eight games, it can be. But there's a lot more besides a record. It's a great question because obviously it's opinion-based and everyone's opinion is different. So thank you for that, Brad. It was a great question. Let's go ahead and move on to Chris in Massachusetts. Let's see what Chris has to say. Hi, this is Chris. I'm calling from Grafton, Massachusetts. Long-time Fins fan. My question for your podcast is, which newcomer will have a bigger impact on Miami defense this year, Kyle Van Noy or Byron Jones? And would love to hear why. Great job, guys. Thanks. I'm going with Van Noy with this one. I kind of alluded to that with the last answer, how he's going to add a different dynamic to this defense we didn't have last year. And the fact that he has experience with Brian Flores, the fact that Brian Flores has played him in different spots in the defensive side of the ball, he's going to be a huge impactful piece and his leadership. We mentioned this on our last episode when we talked about the linebackers. He's only 29 years old, but he's going to be a locker room leader for this team. So for me, it's Van Noy. Not easily Van Noy, but for me, it's Van Noy. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say that when Byron Jones is a top 10 player at his position. Uh, Van Noy is a very good linebacker, edge rusher, but he's not top 10 in the NFL. And that's what Byron Jones is. But if you look at the makeup of the team, the secondary was already stacked, you know, with Xavier Howard. They have Ingbenogany now. So, yes, Byron Jones is a crucial piece, and obviously he's making a ton of money, so he has to live up to his contract. But you alluded to it, just the history that Van Noy has 
with the coaching staff and what he was able to do in New England, leading the team in tackles back in 2018 with 92. He was that piece that Brian Flores was missing last year, that that piece, that versatile piece where he can move them all over the field, whether he's rushing from the edge, dropping back into coverage. He excels going sideline to sideline. He is a guy that does a lot of things very well. So he is that piece that we were missing last year, quite frankly, on the defense. So I think in terms of importance, it's Kyle Van Noy. So another great question. Thank you, Chris. All right, next up, we have John from New York. Hey, finish winning. Hey, Dolphins fan. My name's John. Um, Twitter handle John underscore Coogan. I'm from upstate New York. Now, a question I have for all of you is, what does everyone think of Patrick Laird's potential? Dolphins third string running back right now. You know, he broke out a little bit toward the end of the season, showed some signs of potential. With a revamped O-line, I, I think he could be not as high as Christian McCaffrey's uh, productivity, but similar to in that they have the same running style. So I just wanted to see what everyone else thought of him as possibly he could be you know, a real threat this season coming up. Thanks again, and pins up. So, Mason, it seems we got a Patrick Laird fan here <laughs> in John from New York. I mean, yeah. I, I Hey, listen, if Patrick Laird could have the same success as Christian McCaffrey, man, the Dolphins would be in business. And the fact that John mentioned them in the same sentence, I mean, that's a compliment right there. Yeah, I mean, he was saying, you know, he's not expecting the same of production. Of course, but yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In terms of their playing style was similar. So, you know, I get, I get what he's saying. I do too. I mean, you know, for Patrick Laird, I agree. He did come on late last season when he had the opportunity. You know, you look more into Patrick Laird's game, though. You don't see a ton of explosiveness. You don't see yeah. that agility. Um, as a Pats catching running back, he's decent. I mean, he's serviceable. I mean, I agree with that. But as John mentioned, he's a third string, maybe even a fourth string running back right now. There's going to be an interesting camp battle for those backups because I don't think the Dolphins can keep them all on the roster. I am in favor right now of keeping Patrick Lair because of what he can do for this offense. But Matt Breed and Jordan Howard, that's the two-headed monster the Dolphins have right now in that backfield. So what is Patrick Laird's potential? It's kind of hard to say because he is going to be a backup, third string, fourth string. His potential to me is to be a serviceable backup to provide Matt Breed and Jordan Howard some breathing when they're on the sidelines. And of course, if there is an injury to step up and make an impact in the game, can he make an impact in the game? Sure. Is he somebody I want starting every week for my team? No. Yeah. He's a guy that had some nice moments last year. You mentioned receiving out of the backfield. He had 23 receptions, 204 yards for the season. Obviously, he was kind of thrown into more playing time. The backfield was just a complete mess last year. The offensive line was dreadful. He only averaged 2.7 yards per carry. You mentioned the additions, bringing in Matt Breida, bringing in Jordan Howard. That's going to be, obviously, your one-two punch going forward. So if there's some injuries, he might get another opportunity. But don't forget, Kalen Balazs is... It's technically still a Miami Dolphins, so it's going to be a battle in training camp to see who kind of takes that that lead backup role, whether it's Patrick Laird or Kalen Balazs, because going into last year, I mean, the Dolphins were very high on Balazs. I know he was absolutely abysmal last season, but maybe he can regroup mentally and you know physically coming off the injury, get back to what the Dolphins were expecting him to be, so yeah, Patrick Laird, I get the comparison in terms of, I guess, running style, but the lack of explosiveness, the lack of power between the tackles. I just don't think he is an every down running back in this league. He's going to be more serviceable on special teams. So that's kind of where I see 
Patrick Laird fitting for the Miami Dolphins this season. All right, we're going to go to our next call, Kerry in Georgia. But first, a quick read, everyone, from our sponsor of today's show, Bet Online. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, betonline.ag. Mason, why don't you tell them more? Riley, every week it seems like sports, they're coming back, Major League Baseball, NBA, they're slowly making their way back into our lives, and hallelujah, we're, we're heading back in the right direction. And of course, Bet Online is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all of your sports that are coming back. We're talking about UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches included. And if you need even more, they still have those simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. If you're looking for something else other than sports, Bet Online has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. So, what are you guys waiting for? Visit betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word Blue Wire. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. All right, let's go ahead and see what Carrie from Georgia has to say. Hi, my name is Carrie Sunbold, and I live, currently live in Georgia. Um, have lived in Florida in the past. Um, huge to a fan. Roll Tide. Um, my question is, other than Tua, who do you think will be a key new draft player for the Miami Dolphins? Uh, thank you guys and have a good one. Bye. We talked about this, Mason, with Ian, actually in our last Fins Up Friday, and he said Noah Igbenogany was his number one pick for a draft pick outside of Tua that he's looking forward to see. So I'm interested to see who you think. Who would you pick here? I know we've talked about this a little bit in past episodes. I think I know who you're going to pick, just to let you know. So, <laughs> But, you know, Riley, for me, I don't know. I mean, I'm all on the offensive line. I mean, it's it's one of the most important position groups in football, if not the most important position groups, like a house of cards, the bottom level. If it falls, everything else is going to crumble around it eventually. To me, Going with the first round pick, Austin Jackson. I feel like this is a guy the Dolphins were very high on. You and I were kind of like, well, we'll see what kind of happens. I'm much higher on Robert Hunt. But for me, Austin Jackson, left tackle, that's the position he's going to play for the Dolphins. Right now with Robert Hunt, we feel like the Dolphins will probably try to move him to right tackle. But right now the guard spot is probably what he's best suited for. But Austin Jackson, I'm looking for this guy to make a huge impact. He needs to be a day-one starter. If he is not a day-one starter for Miami, we know something is going on. He's not ready for the NFL level at this time. For him to be a day-one starter, it's huge. But Austin Jackson is a guy who I feel like is going to make a tremendous impact, and he's going to lead the way for these other rookies on the offensive line. There's so much pressure for Austin Jackson for that pick to work out. They can't miss because they need so much help on the offensive line. Yes, a ton. And you could really make that case, honestly, for a lot of these players because I mentioned it earlier. This draft class is so crucial to the rebuilding process for the Miami Dolphins. So not only Tua, but guys like Austin Jackson, guys like Robert Hunt on the offensive line. I'm interested, Mason. Who do you think I'm going to say? Curtis Weaver. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll mention Curtis Weaver, but I actually have a few names on here. Curtis Weaver's definitely one because of where... Wait, no, you, only have to, you, can, only, you can only pick one. No, I'm cheating. I don't care. <laughs> I can't just pick one. I can't. There's too many guys. I mean, Ian talked about Noah Ingbenogany last week, and that's a great one, too, because if you take into account the Xavier Howard situation with his contract, his injury history, 
you know, is Ingbenogany the future cornerback on that side of the field if we're going to try to get out of that contract um, in, in future years? You mentioned Austin Jackson. It's just so crucial, him and Robert Hunt, quite frankly. Brandon Jones at safety. The free safety position is up for grabs. Uh, we've talked about on this show our feelings about Bobby McCain and his ability to play the free safety position. So that's a huge draft pick. But yeah, Curtis Weaver for where they drafted him, fifth round draft pick, but he was rated by most football scouting websites as a top 60 to 80 player in this draft. Obviously, in my opinion, that's a steal um, when you're talking about bringing a guy like Curtis Weaver. And we've talked about Curtis Weaver a ton on the show. So all-time sack leader for the Mountain West Conference, defensive player of the year last year. He can play multiple positions. He fits that versatility piece that Brian Flores is looking for in football players. So for me, it's Curtis Weaver, but you can make a case for a lot of these guys, um, even guys that I didn't mention you can make a case for. It's such a crucial draft class. All right, so I'm glad you agreed with me. Your your pick was Curtis Weaver, and I'm glad you answered Kerry's question because it was what incoming draft pick other than Tua. So I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you eventually decided not to cheat and you picked Curtis Weaver. But listen, great pick, though. I'm not saying anything bad against Curtis Weaver. I love the pick as well. And it is tough, like Raleigh said. It's tough to really narrow it down on one player. I could wake up every day and pick a different player, essentially. All right, so we're going to move on. Thank you, Kerry, for that question. Let's go to Jeff in Wyoming. Man, so many all over the place these calls are coming in. I Jeff love in Wyoming. Let's see what Jeff has to say. Hey, guys. Thanks for all the awesome content. This is Jeff Kerr from Casper, Wyoming. My question is, compare to a 2019 Alabama receiving core to the Miami Dolphins' current 90-man roster. I used Jerry, I said Jerry Judy is like Preston Williams due to the ability to run nifty routes and the shiftiness. They may not have the same speed, but the results will be the same, hopefully. And then Henry Ruggs compares to Jakeem Grant due to the outside speed and the ability to jump and high point the ball. Then I said Devontae Smith is similar to Devontae Parker due to the deep threat ability. And then um, I had Jalen Waddell comparing to Albert Wilson due to the amazing quickness and speed. And then the last guy I put on here, he's a running back, but... He is very, he was a wideout for, I mean, he ran routes for uh, Tua in college. And Najee Harris, I said he compares to um, hopefully Kirk Merritt. Kirk Merritt was a college running back, and uh, they're both very shifty, and they both have spring. So, anyway, thanks for the opportunity to put my question on. Take care, guys. So, Jeff is a is a big fan of the show. He's a big supporter of the show. And we really appreciate the question. He is always submitting questions like this and I love it. He, he tries to get creative with, you know, comparing players on the team to other players. Um, and he, in this case, he wants to know about Alabama and guys that played with Tua. So Mason, let's go ahead and just do this one by one. So we'll, we'll kind of go down the list of the top four receivers for the dolphins. Let's start with Devonte Parker. If you had to compare Devonte Parker's skill set with a, with a Bama receiver, who would it be? Awesome job by him, by the way, just going down the list too. He kind of did our jobs for us in a sense. But And I agree with what he mostly said. I will say Devontae Parker to me, I can see a little bit of Jerry Judy in him. Um, I believe you know the 40 time isn't everything for speed, but I believe Jerry Judy and Devontae Parker's were very similar, about 4.4. So that shows you their 40 times were similar in that regard. Also the way they can run routes too. 
Devontae Parker, he came out and said one of his favorite routes to run is the slant. Well, what do they do a lot of at Alabama? Running yeah. slants for Tua, baby. So that's one guy I can compare Devontae Parker to is Jerry Judy. Yeah, that's a good one. And I'm actually going to jump to Albert Wilson because I used Jerry Judy as my comparison there as well, mainly because of the elite footwork. And you mentioned the route running ability. And he's just so dynamic after the catch. And we've seen Albert Wilson, when healthy, what he can do over the middle of the field if given space. If he catches it in space, you're going to pay for it. So I'm going to go Albert Wilson, Jerry Judy. Let's go ahead and move on to who who did you have? Jakeem Grant was your other one? Yeah, so for Jakeem Grant, I'm going to probably go with Ruggs for that one. And it's just the elusiveness. It's the agility as well. I mean, all these Alabama receivers are fast. They can take a two-yard catch and turn it into a 70-yard touchdown. But these two guys, they're speed burners. Jakeem Grant, somebody we're really keeping an eye on this season. Hopefully he can get out on the field more than 20, 25% of the offensive snaps and kind of show the Dolphins he's not just a gadget player, special teams guy. Jakeem Grant has a huge season coming up. But when I think of an Alabama player, I'm going to probably compare him to Ruggs. All right, so let's go to Preston Williams. I'm going to do Devonta Smith, mostly because he's so impressive off the line of scrimmage. He's just such an athletic freak. He can take contact. He's not overly explosive. He has above average speed, but he's so good at the contested point of the catch. Um, He's probably a more consistent route runner than Preston Williams, but if I had to compare a Bama wide receiver with a Dolphins wide receiver in Preston Williams, it's probably Devonta Smith. So there you go. Thanks, Jeff, for that question. We really appreciate it. Let's go ahead and move on. We're going to go to Zach in Knoxville, Tennessee. Hi there. My name is Zach. I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. My question is, who do you all think will have a bigger year receiving-wise? Obviously, you guys think might be Devontae Parker, but do you all want to throw Preston Williams in the mix? Or even maybe Alan Hearns can have a good comeback season? Just let me know what you all think. Yeah, I think... Devontae Parker is probably our clear number one. So let's talk about a guy that we think is going to step up and really fill that number two gap. So Mason, who do you think out of the other guys is going to have a breakout season? Preston Williams for me would be my choice, but his health is such a concern. I mean, the, the several major injuries he has, if he can stay healthy, I love the ability of Preston Williams, what he showed us last season. I think he can pretty much go up from what he did last year. His route running is exceptional. His hands are solid as well. I, I like his ability playing alongside or on opposite sides, I should say, with Devontae Parker. If I'm going with another answer, though, I'm probably going to go, and I've I've mentioned it before, but I like Isaiah Ford. I do. The end of the season, he took his opportunities. He was a favorite target of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So if Ryan Fitzpatrick is a week one starter, Isaiah Ford can flourish from that role, pick up where he ended last season. Freaking stealing my thunder, man. Yeah, you know I love Isaiah Ford. So he's my, I guess, my sleeper pick. Preston Williams, obviously, talent-wise, is the guy you hope steps up. But like you mentioned, uh, coming off the ACL, it's his second one that he's torn. So there is a little bit of concern there. Uh, You know, start of training camp, you're talking about, what, 10 months of rehab uh, to come back from that ACL tear. So how is he going to bounce back from that in his rehab? That's a question mark. But can I cheat and say Mike Gesicki? (laughs) I know he's technically a tight end, but he's basically going to be used as a wide receiver. You're going to see him out in the slot. He was a top three tight end last year in terms of usage 
from the slot position. And I think that number is only going to increase this year. So in terms of targets, in terms of usage, I think he could very realistically be the number two option in the passing game this year. And if you're counting at home, that's the second question Riley has tried to cheat with. So I just, try just to, you know, I try to get creative with it. Maybe, you know, give multiple, multiple viewpoints here when you're talking answers, Mason. I wouldn't call it necessarily cheating. <laughs> and it's my damn show. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> there you go. I like it. I like it. All right. We have one more question. Uh, Travis from Phoenix. Let's see what Travis has to say. What's up, guys? This is uh, Travis Moore from out here in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, 27 years old, lifelong Dolphins fan. So been a bit of a rough ride over the decades, but still optimism for the future. I'm always hopeful. My question uh, for the podcast is, you know, with so many new position groups coming in, there's a lot of excitement and a lot of speculation on how certain groups can perform. What position group are you guys most looking forward to scouting and evaluating by the end of the year and watching in general during the season? For me, it's definitely the secondary. Um, my earliest memories uh, watching the Dolphins was watching the duo of Sertain and Madison just do work out there and this is the first time it seems hopeful that there could be something similar to that with X and Byron Jones. So I'm really excited to see how they are together, as well as the addition of our first-round pick in Nick Benogany. Uh Love you guys' podcast. Uh, great job. Really enjoyable. I'm uh, looking forward to more episodes in the future. Mason, I feel like listening to Travis there, that I'm like listening to myself talk. I mean, it sounds like we're very <laughs> similar in age by his, you know, his memories of Sam Madison, Patrick Sertan, and just the struggles of the last couple decades we've had to go through as Dolphins fans, but there's a lot of optimism. I'm curious to see, there's, there's a lot of different ways you could go about this question. He said the secondary, I'm going to go a different route, but I want to get yours first, Mason. Uh, which position group are you looking at? I enjoy these open-ended questions because you're right. There's so many different ways we can go. I talked about the offensive line earlier and how it's going to be, it was such a big emphasis in the off season to improve that. But I'm going to go a different direction with this question. I'm actually going to go with probably, arguably, our poorest position group last year. I'm going to go with running backs. Um, the fact that we brought in two proven running backs, two running backs who have had success on other teams to be starters, co-starters essentially, for this Miami Dolphins squad, it's going to be very interesting to see if they can replicate what they did on their other teams and in the past. Matt Breida, we talked about his explosive speed, what he can do in open space. Jordan Howard, how he can be a bruiser, but he can also be a solid pass-catching back out of the backfield as well. And then you have those other guys. Patrick Laird, we had him in another question earlier. Kalen Balage. There's other players on this team that are really going to be fighting for a spot. So as the season goes on, there are so many positions you can really keep an eye on. Running back for me is near the top of my list. For me, it's not even close. It's the offensive line because it's just so crucial that they figure this out. We know that they were dead last in running the ball last year. Yeah, a lot of that was on the running backs, but a big part of that too was on the offensive line, not being able to get any push whatsoever off the line of scrimmage. So being able to protect Tua, also kind of a big deal. <laughs> not sure if you know this or not, but he's coming off a dislocated hip. So you want to protect your future asset in your future franchise quarterback in Tua. So we've talked about potentially having two rookies at each end of the offensive line, but also 
bringing in free agents, Ted Karras, Eric Flowers, how are they going to fit into the mix? There's just so many new faces on this offensive line. It's crucial that they figure it out, and they figure it out quickly with this offensive line if they want any shot of having success in 2020. So I think it's absolutely the offensive line. Yeah, but I would say, though, this is one of those questions where there's really no wrong answer. There are so many positions in need for the Dolphins. There's so many new faces on each side of the ball. You could go in so many different directions. I can't argue with you, O'Reilly. The offensive line, oh, man, they sunk not only a lot of draft picks into it, but a lot of free agency money as well. They're paying Eric Flowers a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So to come in here and be a leader and be a veteran presence on that offensive line, and he's another young guy that we're calling veteran presence. All right, so that's going to do it for the questions. Thanks to everybody who submitted questions. If you didn't have yours on the show today, don't worry. We're archiving them. We will play them at some point on a future episode of Fin It to Win It, probably a future Fins Up Friday. If you want to give us a call on the show, call in at 804-905-8226. That's 804-905-8226. It was a ton of fun going through your guys' questions. We're going to continue to do this as we do more and more Fins Up Friday. So, all right, Mason, the moment that everyone has been waiting for, they've endured this entire episode to get to this point, unless they skipped ahead. So here we are. We are going to be giving away a free to a jersey, the first of our giveaways here at Fin It to Win It. We had over 1,700 retweets, so we got a lot of engagement. There's a lot of names in this list that we're going to be pulling from. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's 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 insane. I mean, like we mentioned in the beginning of this episode, we knew there would be a good response, but did we think it would be this much? No way. But that just shows you how pumped up Dolphin fans are. And for those of you wondering, is, you know, after this giveaway, is that it? No way. We're starting another giveaway next week. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But Riley, I think we need to announce who's winning this free to a jersey. I don't know. Why am I so nervous, Mason? I think it's because... <laughs> I don't know why I'm not not winning the jersey. (laughs) Maybe it's because it's my money. (laughs) That could be it. I I think it's because so many people have, you know, been interacting with our posts that I feel bad that only one person's going to win. So I I kind of feel bad for the people that have retweeted and engaged that aren't going to win. But like Mason said, we're going to be doing more giveaways. So don't worry. Don't get too upset if you don't win because you'll have opportunities to get things later down the road. All right. So here's what we did. I took all the names from Facebook, from Twitter, and I basically put them in a virtual hat. This random generator that I found on Google, (laughs) Mason, it's a website where basically I just, I copy and paste all the names on there. And then I'm going to click this button apparently, and it's going to say the name of the winner. It's going to pick randomly. So we have no idea who is about to win this. Mason, are you ready to pick our first Tua jersey winner? Let's rock and roll. Let's see who's got it. Okay, here we go. And the winner of the inaugural Fin It to Win It to a Jersey giveaway is Steve Anderson at Jersey Fin Fan. All right, congrats, Steve, man. That's awesome. My man, Steve, you are the winner of a free to a Jersey at Jersey Fin Fan. We will be contacting you if you're listening to this. We will be contacting you through Twitter. We'll send you a message. Um, to get your information so we can send you a free to a jersey. But, Steve, congratulations. It's been a fun giveaway. Obviously, the engagement's been through the roof, and we hope to continue that with future giveaways that we're going to do. Mason, we already have one in the works that we're planning to start next week. We're kind of 
you know, mapping out the details right now, but I think we can kind of give a little insight into what fans can expect. Let's tease fans a little bit with it. Like Riley said, we can't give everything away because we're still working on the little fine details for it. But early next week, probably on Monday, we're going to release what it's going to be. It's going to be similar to the two of Jersey giveaway in the sense that it's going to last several weeks and there's several ways for you to enter. But we're just going to say this on today's show. It is going to be an awesome way for Dolphins to battle each other with their trivia knowledge. You guys know I like to spring some trivia on Riley every now and then during shows. So my shtick, exactly. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a way for randomly selected Dolphin fans who enter this contest to trivia battle each other on different Fin It to Win It episodes. They may be Fins Up Friday episodes. They may just be regular episodes that we have during the week. That's all going to come together in the next few days, but we're going to let you know what it is with a short video, probably on Monday. And we're going to be tweeting it. We're going to be putting it on Facebook for you guys to enter. And it's going to be another awesome prize. It's not just going to be a pair of socks or, you know, a dolphin's keychain. It's going to be another awesome prize dolphins related material for you guys to have at home. We know the two of Jersey giveaway was a huge success. So we want to keep this train rolling. We think the trivia will be a fun way to interact fans with the show as well. And fans to actually come on the show and do trivia live. I know that's kind of nerve wracking, but Hey, listen, that's part of the fun of it. So stay tuned for that on social media. We're going to be posting it early next week. It's once again, going to be another way to interact with our fans, but to keep these giveaways rolling. Every giveaway that we do throughout the show is going to try to be a little bit different, a little more creative, a little unique. That's what we're going for. We want to find unique ways to get you guys, Dolphins fans, involved in the show here at Fin It to Win It. So be on the lookout for details about the next giveaway coming out on our social media accounts probably early next week at Fin It to Win It on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks to everyone again who submitted voicemails. It was really cool. A lot of fun going through all of your questions and comments and giving our feedback here live on the show. And it was just really awesome. I know we said this a couple times, but it really is cool seeing people from all over the country and even different countries submitting uh, voicemails. So thank you to everyone who participated in that. Make sure that you participate in our future Fins Up Fridays by calling the number 804-905-8226, leaving that voicemail so you can be heard live here at Fin It to Win It. So that's going to wrap it up for this week's Fins up Friday again. Congratulations to Steve Anderson. You, sir, are the winner of our Tua jersey giveaway. Congratulations, and we hope you enjoy it. Thanks to everybody for the support, for following us here at Fin It to Win It. Until next time, for Mason, I'm Riley. Fins up, everybody.